What's up, man? Oh, man? How are you? Can you hear me? I'm good. Yeah, I can hear you. Doing good. Hello. How about you? Oh man, I have a <laughs> I have a client of mine. Is I'm any better? There'd be two of me. So that's kind of how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm loving the man bun. It's there. Yeah, I'm growing on me a little. I love it. I love it, man. I'm excited to chat today. Uh, especially because you said we have a good controversial topic. So uh, I'm pumped to hear what it is and, and see what it's all about. If we're not ruffling feathers. We're not doing it right, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, what, so what's been going on where uh, you had this topic, you had this idea of, you know, a topic of like it's going to be controversial. You're like, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Hopefully you're ready to ramp it up too. So what, what are we, what are we jamming on today? No, I mean, like I said in our message back and forth a little bit, it might've been overhyped a little bit about controversial. <laughs> I don't know this. I don't know this controversial as much as it's just, it's kind of the hard truth that people just okay. don't really want to, they don't want to acknowledge like that. The fact that, like the blocking and tackling is what wins games, right? It's the special mm-hmm. teams just being on point. It's not the fancy plays. It's not the, the, uh, just the super, you know, performances here and there. It's just like consistency in a few key areas, time after time after time, just sort of doing the boring work over and over again. And yeah, like mixing in some cool new stuff. I mean, obviously we're clients of you guys. We've been through tons of platforms, tons of, lead generation opportunities, tons of different business models, team models, just so much of it, experimentation throughout the years that, I mean, 15 years of this, man, like at a certain point, you just, you realize there's only a few things that you really need to do and you need to do them over and over and over again. And if you're not bored with it, then you're probably not doing it right. Like there's just some of that, right? And like, I think that's what makes it a little controversial in today's um, is because the people market chase chase that shiny object, maybe per se, and like there could be one company that positions it this way, and the other that positions it this way. But when you lift up under the hood, it's all very similar sometimes. So, so you end up jumping from thing to thing, and service to service, and platform to platform. Is that kind of where you're going with it? Like, like hundred percent. Like, I think, and I will be the first one to say right here for everybody, dude. I have done that. I have been on every platform you can think of, you name it. In 2009, early 2009, we started on Boomtown when that was like, there was Tiger Leads and Boomtown. Like those did, all these different platforms didn't exist back then. And I've experimented with everyone I can find. And I keep coming back to the same things. It's like, yes, these things do are an element. They're a tool in a tool belt to be utilized at proper times and proper ways, but they're, they're not the basic like foundation that you build your house on, that you build your business on. They're, they're the, the fancy finishes, right? It's like, this is the really super exotic hardwood floors. This is the really nice countertops. This is the high end appliances. These are the really killer features that you add on top of a solid foundation that I honestly feel like probably 90 plus percent of agents, teams, brokerages, et cetera, today, they're trying to put all those things in their house before they have a foundation. They have a foundation that is just crumbling 
around them. It is not solid. And the more and more of these things they add on to it, the weaker and weaker the foundation gets to a point where it's like at some point, if you haven't really, really set that up and worked on it, then what's the point of doing these other things? You're almost wasting time and money trying to put in all these fancy finishes. Yeah, let's, Whereas, get, let's like, get, give me some examples that. here of things that you've done because you immediately made me think of like, for instance, with what we offer, you know, we offer lead generation and branding campaigns, kind of like multi-channel marketing where you can, uh, mm -hmm. you know, have traffic coming in from Google, you have remarketing on Facebook, you have this, this multi-channel approach. But if you don't have a, and you're doing lead generation and you don't have a sales process behind the like scenes of like, mm -hmm. you're generating leads and no one's calling the leads. There's no action plan set up. Like none of that, you're not going to see success, right? Well, you're going to need a website platform, a CRM. You do need tools, but you also need to set up tools and processes for your team that they can adapt to and get used to. And then don't just flip it on their head when you see a new shiny object at a conference, right? Like, so what are some examples, like detailed examples that you could give, like where you see this happen in the business? Well, uh, and I, well, you nailed it. And I think most people are just afraid of doing the hard work and they want to jump into the shiny, flashy stuff that they see other super successful teams. Here's the controversial part. Super successful teams. They don't know what's going on. They see the Instagram highlight reel version of these teams. Very, very few big teams, big brokerages, big high top producers are truly killing it. I know a few. And like we have some very honest conversations, but realistically, it's like who's going to put out their worst foot forward? Who's going to show all the hardships? Who's going to show the fact they didn't make any money over the last quarter because their overhead's so high? Like, yeah, you got $400 million in sales and you have a GCI of two. $0.5 million a year, but you spent 2.3. Mm -hmm. What about you? But that's a little different. Like I, I'm more interested in the profitability and the bottom line for the amount of risk exposure that I have for how I sleep well at night. Like, right. So it's like when you look at these teams and you're doing these flashy things, that's the part that I feel like makes it controversial because like, that's what people want to focus on. And so these foundations that you're talking about, it's like, dude, like you have to build the processes and the systems before you need them. And if you don't, then you are constantly, it's like, so I have an analogy I've used with our team a lot, which is like you're putting the boat out in the water with holes in it, nobody to row it, nobody to patch the holes, no tools, no equipment. Like you're getting out there and your boat's filling with water because you're overwhelmed and you don't have the system and processes. You didn't have the checklist. You didn't have the solid foundation of your boat itself to know that you were going, you have no navigational tools. So you're just out there paddling away. Like this whole idea of just the grind, oh, the grind is so freaking awesome. No, it's not. That's the part that sucks. And like, if you like the grind, you're probably a little weird to be honest with you, <laughs> because I don't know very many people who are like, I want to grind my whole life. No, there's got to be like something rewarding out of it at the end. I, at I least. think the book, the goal is to grind to where eventually it becomes delegated and passed off and and then eventually you're like okay i get a little bit less stress i got a team i got help i have people helping me um but then you some know leverage, some people take yeah. that help and flip that entire process on its head because they saw something else and 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 now it's like man you just threw a a, a wrench in your entire cog in your machine you know and right um, yeah and so i think some people need to like honestly take a, a true look at their boat let's keep that analogy take a look at their boat 
paddle the thing back to shore to the dock figure out what holes you need to plug those are your systems those are your processes those are your tools those are your people those are your marketing plans those are just your basic fundamentals of what makes this boat actually float out in the water all right at that point when you come back and those are things like all right so what is your system for when an forget let's forget leads like you guys do leads you guys are good at this you know how to help people with that let's forget lead like what's your system for when you take a listing when somebody actually picks up the phone and reaches out to you message facebook message text message phone call doesn't matter email see them in person and they say hey i want you i want to talk to you about selling my house what's your process is that documented are you winging it every single time or do you have a process that process mm -hmm. should be pretty thorough. That's our longest, deepest process on anything is the listing process. Mm -hmm. And we focused for years when we started our team to build that process to where it was basically ironclad. We don't miss things. We have a repeatable process. We're able to deliver a standard of practice that has became our brand. That is where we're really known for. That has then allowed us to generate other opportunities through the listings that we just take full advantage of to then actually get buyers out of, get new listings out of. And it's like, if you miss the whole process and you can't deliver time and time and time again, and you're constantly winging it. And sometimes you deliver that super phenomenal experience. And other times your clients are like, they feel like they got blinders on and they're just wandering around and they're, they're asking, like if you have, if your clients are asking you questions before you're answering them, I feel like you're, you're missing the boat. You're doing yep. things wrong. Like that is one of my pet peeves is if our clients start asking, like, of course they're going to ask some questions, but if they're asking every single question, every single time before we tell them then we're not doing a good job of actually leading them through this entire process. And that's the part where I feel like that's a super boring thing. It doesn't seem, uh, it doesn't seem like the sexy thing to do. It's not, like winning you awards. It's not it's like sales volume things. It's not like I did 600 units. It's I didn't. Yeah, it's boring. It's tweaking emails after you've used them four or five, six times and realize that they're not hitting the boat. It's, hey, do we need to put another check item in the in the checklist to make sure that, you know, we create something uh, when somebody's showing our listing? Do we have a, a do we have all the information available for that agent who's going to write an offer on our listing? to make it as easy as possible for them to get all the information so that they want to show our listings in the future. They write us good offers that saves us time. Like those are super mm -hmm. boring things that people aren't working through because they're like, Oh, this new home lead thing just got me like 17 people in contact. Well, those 17 people were sent out to 12 other people on 12 other things right. at the same time. So it's like, okay, so I get that that's like a part of it, but how do you control your own house first? How do you set that foundation up to where you can then capitalize on? So there's one example of like a basics. Uh, another example of the basics. All right. Let's say you take the listing. You have a great example or you have a great process for taking the listing for onboarding it. You have good administrative help. They're like you know, listing coordinator or transaction coordinator. Somehow it's helping you behind the scenes. You focus on the important stuff. You're nailing all those things. What's next? All right, now is it time to jump out on the water and figure out how fast you can row towards the other? I don't think so at that point. It's like, all right, so are you going to go buy leads at that point? Or are you going to try to make sure you're maximizing all the lead opportunities through the leverage of that listing itself first? 
Because if you go buy the leads, you just completely wasted a free lead source that could build you to the next tier of your business. So it's like these layers of tiers. And mm -hmm. it's like most people, uh, so I'm a huge Clemson fan. Davo Sweeney is one of my favorite people on the planet. And in a podcast that he had, he said that like somebody asked him at the, like he was getting on the elevator in a hotel room and some, uh, some grad assistant like working on a football team came up to him and was like, Hey, give me the 60 second spiel of what it takes to be the most successful ever. And he's like, first of all, that doesn't exist. Like I can't do that. But he's like, the, the one thing I did tell him and took this away was I'm about to get on this elevator and I'm going to ride it to the top floor. You've never even took the stairs and you want to know how to get on this elevator first. You don't even know mm. how to take the stairs. I've took the stairs so many times throughout my life, up and down and backwards. It's tiresome. It is the grind. It's the grueling part. But I've done that so many times that now I understand what it's like to take the stairs. And I'm so appreciative and make the most of taking this elevator and swiping this card. And everybody is just like, I'm a year in or six months in or I'm four years in, whatever. I don't have like I've never taken the stairs enough to make it. like I've done it once. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. So let me just fast track all those lessons you learn and all that time you take on the stairs. Yep. Let me jump straight to the key card to ride the elevator and swipe it to go to the penthouse. And it's Th like, yeah, that's something I, it. right. That's something I couldn't be more grateful for is the fact that when I started this venture with, with, uh, you know, my two other partners, like mm -hmm. we, we had to delegate the book. We had to grind. We did everything. Like I, I went from a situation where I was an employee and I had a role to then coming in and it's like, oh shit, I'm the finance department. We're the accounting mm. department. We're the marketing sales. We're onboarding. We're support. We're, we're everything. And that is, was definitely like a, a, a life shock to be able to, to see that. But then what I'm so grateful for is the ability to dive in and learn all of those aspects of business to where mm -hmm. like I, I had to put my best foot forward and learn like, okay, I am good at the finance. I am good at actually building systems and processes and automating them. Like I didn't know I was good at that because I never had been thrown to the fire to figure it out. And so I, I took the stairs and I walked up the stairs and many, many times, and I've learned so many different things <clears throat> that now I can train and I can teach other people those things. And I'm grateful for that because then they get to learn all the only way I, I know it, know it, but then they have different perspectives on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now my teammates and my employees, they have this different perspective that I didn't have. And I may have helped them with a the foundation, but they are the ones evolving it and making it even better than I could have ever done solely or, or me, Tyler and Corey could have ever done, which is right. us two or us three. So like yep, taking love, the stairs. And, and occasionally is, I think you need to step back and, Sorry, there was a little delay there. I wasn't trying to talk over you. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, you were saying occasionally step back. I was just saying occasionally you have to step back and take the stairs again yourself a few times because you sort of forget mm -hmm. what it's like to take the stairs. Like you don't need to live on oh, the stairs. Dude. But you better Jared take just the went stairs on vacation. <laughs> there, there's a good yeah. stair moment, right? Like, oh, Jared just went on what vacation and I'm like, oh shit. What a, you know, I ain't been back on these stairs in a minute. And so you jump in and you're a little rusty and then you're like, dang, like, all right, I got this. And you get, you pick it back up. And you realize like you're like grateful for, for help and grateful for the teammates and, mm -hmm. and just where we've gotten to. So, I mean, taking the stairs is what allows you to appreciate those things if you ever get the opportunity to get on the elevator. Right. And that's what I like. That's, that's my goal with our team, with myself, is once you learn how to take the stairs, once you learn how to take two stairs at a time, if you figure out you can do that, 
Are you going to try to take three or four at a time? Because that's unsustainable. That's hard to do. So like you learn your limitations with what skills and gifts you have. It's a really weird analogy in that way. But if you got super, super long legs and you can take three stairs at a time and you're more efficient, <laughs> do it. Those are skill sets and characteristics and things that certain agents have that others don't. If you're like me and you're short and stocky and you got little legs, two might be a stretch at a time before you get burnt out. And like if you're trying to take two, four steps at a time and you can only sustain two flights, what would have happened if you would have took the one stair at a time over and over, a little slower pace? You catch the guy that's doing two to four at a time because he's tired and he's burnt out and he's catching his breath. And you go, you go zoom and buy him because you're sustainable. It makes there's me think the, of Jerome Bettis. Thing. You know yeah, Jerome Bettis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the bus. bus, dude. Have you ever watched him run, dude? It was just like the legs are like this. Then you got other running backs but that really just, run like this. But he just pounded into people over and over. And eventually, because he could sustain it and they couldn't, he would open his holes. He would run over people. And that's where he got his yards. The two, three yards at a time where he's running head first into somebody and just getting stuck at the line. Yeah, it sucks. But that's kind of like the idea of taking the stairs. Eventually, you wear it down. You get really good at it. You see your holes. You're patient, and you take the right ones, and you got a 25 yard run, or you got a so touch. That, like there's so much to it. That, so that's what you're seeing. You feel like you're seeing a lot, right? Is a lot of agents who are starting to like not take the stairs and just expect to get on the elevator, and so they're not they willing to, to put run in a the, touchdown the harder. On the first handle on the first time they ever touch the ball in the industry or their first game, or their rookie season, they're, they're expecting to be superstars. And I'm not saying you can't get there quick, and there aren't lessons to be learned. I'm a learner. I enjoy that. But at the same time, part of learning is understanding that, like, you have to take your reps. Do you and think social media like, has a, a, a problem with that? Like, well, you kind of brought that up a little bit. Like, do you think it's this comparison game of, oh, this person's doing this, this person's doing this, so I have to do this, and – like, or what do you think in terms of, do you, do you believe well, social I think media it's just has an ego effect on in it? General. I think it's mm. ego in general. And I think the ego is driven even more in the wrong direction through social media. I personally, I personally despise social media. It's like a love hate relationship, right? Like used to be like love hate with Zillow and it was love hate. Social media is that love hate relationship for me. There's tons of attention there. The pe That's where the people are. But in general, like to me, it also breeds this keeping up with the Joneses, like competing for attention instead of sort of like just figuring out what you want out of your life and how you want to live your life. And I learned that for myself a couple of years ago, and it changed the whole way I use social media. We still use social media. We have you guys helping us use social media. We have you helping us generate leads. But it was because I stepped back for a while and finally figured out I needed to get a lot of my own ship in order, my own house in order before I can go upgrading things. Right. Like yes. it's very easy to be like, hey, I need a new bathroom, need a new kitchen. But yet your foundation's got termites. I'm sorry. Go take yep. care of the termites first, because otherwise yep. it's still a problem. And it doesn't matter how fancy your kitchen is when your floor starts sinking in. And then you have to always like you step back and that's an overwhelming problem to go handle after you've sunk all your money into a new kitchen, new bathroom and all this fancy crap. And you yep. got to go rebuild a floor system that you could have took care of first. Like, yep. A lot so of the people whole do social that, man. media thing, the social media thing to me drives that more and more is it drives people to want to work on the fancy stuff, to want to show how many homes they've sold and how much volume they've got. And how fancy their marketing it is and all these great videos they're doing. They're like professional YouTube real estate stars. But their clients aren't even writing them reviews. 
games. Like, mm. like they're missing that piece, like it's a super easy thing you could collect on almost any and every, but they didn't work on that. They have a system or a process for that. They're not leveraging that first, which is almost free, before they <laughs> jump into the spending $2,000 a month to generate some Facebook leads. Like I get it. You want to get to there. And that's a, like you should, in my opinion, explore those opportunities for you. But there is a whole group. I don't know if anybody knows Ninja Selling. There's a whole group of people that don't buy leads. Like sphere-based, repeat business, it's referrals-based. Like we have that as a core funda- foundation of like our business first, and then mm-hmm. we add the others on top of it. Now, yeah. can you go opposite and just start – like if you've got a war chest, you come in with some money. And you're, you're entering the business or you've built up a, a little war chest that you can spend on for a true advertising plan. You're you're brand new to the business. You're two years in the business and you've got some some money backing. Maybe you came into the business from a, another career. and You got two hundred thousand dollars in the bank and you can spend fifty thousand over your first year. Can you go out and work some of those leads to add people into your business quickly? But you also worked on the systems and processes at the same time and you didn't let that lack like, yes then you can fast track your success. And I think that those people have the ability to. You sort of have to ask your question, do I have more time than money? Or do I have more money than time? Or am I in about the same boat? And how am I sort of best leveraged with the systems and foundation to support that to where I can actually grow? And, I, and like you said, I think social media is everybody's posting all the wins. They're not talking about all the the times that they absolutely fell face first and they don't want people to know about those. I don't, that's not like fun, but that's where you truly learn and grow from. And, and you what's end up having crazy more success. The people that are vulnerable enough to make content and post about those mistakes, those bad days, that's sometimes the ones that I consume the most and enjoy the most. Cause it's raw, it's real, it's authentic. And I'm like, damn, like it's vulnerable. That, yes. When you're yeah. vulnerable, right? Like you open up this whole other world of people. And so, yeah, I don't think every post you do needs to be a failure and vulnerability. Yeah. Like at some then point it's you negative. gotta look like, you know what you're doing, right? Like, but taking an instance and turning it into the positive learning from it and using those to go. Absolutely. Like, why don't you share those too? And that's not just about social media. That's just in general. Like it, it's, it's the world we live in now. And I feel like it's unfortunate that we've got here so quick is that everybody wants to live in someone else's highlight reel. I'm not interested in living in your highlight reel. You guys are doing something different than me. It may not fit with me. If I'm, I'm, I know, like, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at in life. I know where I'm at in my business cycle. I know where I'm at in my local area. I'm in a very rural, small town area where house prices are on average 250000 now in like the oh. upper peak of the oh. crazy. Me- I you want know, those. Like, <laughs> I've got buddies who are in other areas who their average sales price is a million dollars. When we talk, if, if my idea of that, of, of how I'm supposed to feel like I am competing, that I'm worthy, that I'm, I'm like, I don't know, like even with them for some reason, if you want to say that, that um, if my idea of that is trying to compete with them doing $30 million a year off of 22 sales by themselves, that's not happening here. Our team did $43 million last year with seven agents on 175 plus transaction sides. Mm-hmm. 
That's a totally different grind with team members, admins, marketing, repetition and volume to do roughly the same amount of volume. But to me, like I can look at their volume and, and say, okay, but they have other things. They have a higher cost of living. They have a different mm -hmm. way of having to go about it. They have different marketing they have to do on each one. The marketing they are doing, hiring a professional videographer, if you will, for every single listing and making this movie out of it, two, $3,000 at a time, let's say. That's my whole commission. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do like, so if I get this idea and I got sucked into this for years and then I'm trying to bootstrap it, then I'm trying to sort of DIY and like, and it's time consuming and then you can't leverage it out. And all that time I spent trying to do that, I realized like I've, I've totally sort of abandoned this core part of my business that was insanely profitable. And at the end of the day, when I look at, all right, your GCI is a million bucks and mine's 400,000. And three fifty of mine, and you made four hundred of yours. We're not really that different after all, because of no. costs and stuff. You know, so it's like, and how sustainable is that for me to try to go do that business when I don't live in their area? I don't have those types of sales prices. I, it's like almost irresponsible for me to use my money in those ways when I don't have the net, like I don't have the margins that they have to do that on a deal. And and when you're doing twenty two to 25 deals a year versus 175, you literally don't have the time either. And you, what's funny is you say you don't have the margins, but in theory, their margins are the same, if not slightly better or slightly worse than yours, but they have to put in a whole production behind it. Like it's Hollywood in certain, mm -hmm. in certain markets, right? Because that's what they have to do. And if they didn't do that, they wouldn't get those 22 deals. Correct. That's right. hundred percent. And so the workload for the year may not look any different. Spend four hours on a on a video. Spend another three hours uh, at social clubs, making sure you're out there. You know, like touching the right people who are big players in your market. That might be seven hours of work right there. Seven hours of work for me may look totally different, but we both end up with one listing. Like, and at the end of the day, the cost, the the their office space probably costs more. Their gas in their area probably costs more. It costs more for them to live. It costs more for them to eat. It costs more for them to put the sign in the yard. Like they have a $400 sign. I have a $60 sign. There's so mm -hmm. many of those things that you just have to know yourself and your market and your area first. And then like, I learned a lot from that. It's like, well, what if I could just increase my sales, my, my average sales price here? What if I could, what do I, who do I need to be? What marketing process do I need? What actual process behind the scenes do I need? Who do I need to be around? Who do I need to be as an agent to increase my sales volume, my average sales price, $100,000 over the next year or two? Who do I need to be to do that? Let me start building those systems and those things. Because if I can do that with some of the same systems and the same cost of living, same market, same area, I'm going to be more profitable. And I'm more yeah. interested in being more profitable with the same amount of time or even less. And that's something I've worked really hard on over the last five years is, okay, I don't want to sell the $150,000 listings over and over and over again, or buy, like, I'd like to be in that 250, 300. Now my average price point is almost 400,000. It was under 200 four years ago. What'd you and do? And I've just selectively done professional photographers on every listing. In our area, that's kind of not a thing. I know it sounds so weird, but there's a lot of areas, like I'm probably talking more to your, your rural type agents that aren't in these big, huge, massive cities with all this available. We had, like finding a professional photographer, first of all, is sort of a chore. We've had a great one for seven years now, but that was one of the things that we like 
this is a this is not a select this is a nice listing that gets it this is our standard of practice every one of our listings gets marketed through facebook through social media through instagram we do a post on every one and we put some money to boost behind it to make sure that we're leveraging sort of that social media army so i talk to people about that does that mean that you're going to find your buyer with the ad and the post that you did not necessarily mm -hmm. but what you are doing is you've got the second army You've got the MLS and all your agents and all the people out there that are working with their buyers when you take a listing. Well, you've got the second army in the social media, we call it. It's like, those are the people who are just, they see a house and they know that, hey, grandma is selling her house because she's moving to a retirement area at the beach. She's not on Facebook. She would never see our ads. So we're not marketing to grandma. We're marketing to her daughter and her granddaughter and her son and her grandson and her brother who are, and they will take that and talk to grandma about it. Or you've got somebody coming from another area searching that we have no way to know how are they coming, where are they coming from, but we hit their extended family, their friends, their coworkers, wherever they're moving in from, they're their extended search party, if you will. They're helping them look, they'll tag them in the post. Those are opportunities that, that was almost free on a post with a 10, 20, $30 boot. You don't have to get crazy in our market with these boosts. We're not spending 75 to hundred dollars a piece. Every time we do this, we can spend 20 and reach a lot of people because nobody's really taking advantage of it here in big ways. So like that's a piece of that army of leverage that we're using. Well, the more we do that, the more the nicer homes get featured in Saul, the more people with nicer homes want you to market their home the more it ends up, the more sales success that you have, success begets success, and you start building it up, then you start having some maybe some open houses in that neighborhood, and you actually meet and talk to some people looking at those price range houses. Like, are you leveraging your best listings? Are you taking, like, do you have a marketing plan? So you won't sell in the 400000 range, all right? Well, who's buying that? Probably somebody selling a $200,000 house, a move up. Okay, that's a domino deal. So I'm going to like, why wouldn't I market to the first time home seller who's got a house to sell, doesn't know anything about it? Like, why can't I reach out to them? Maybe do a guide. You know, we're using guides and stuff like that now. Just some things we put in through like the story brand thing. That's working really well for us. There's only a few. I only built two of them. We have a few targeted ads designed for certain segments of the population, not just on these types of houses. Like we've went through that, but we're sort of targeting that move up buyer. Well, what does a yep. move up buyer have? Generally a house to sell in a lower price range. So you get the lower house to sell, right? Maybe a $200,000 sale. They're going to buy a $400,000 house. Can you match them with one of your $400,000 listings? Well, that creates, if you've got a buyer for 400, you can reach out to people in your sphere of influence, in your circle, in your past clients, on your mailing list and say, hey, I've got a buyer who needs to find a $400,000 house. Who do we have that's not on the market that might be interested in it? Like, are you doing that? Are you reaching out to those? Okay, well, they sold their 200. They're the buyer for the 400. You possibly, even if it's not the one they buy, if anybody responds, you may list a 400,000 one as well. Can you get referrals out of that? Like, you're not leveraging. And then you're helping them sell their 200. You're correct. And then the 400 yeah. might be moving to a 200 because they're right. out. They're in a different life cycle. They're a move down buyer. That's a great use of social media, in my opinion. That's a great use of getting the people in a mindset and in, in a state of being versus just somebody who wants to look at fancy listings and with swimming pools or on the lake. Or if that's a challenge in itself, 
So we've really stepped back to use the social media with you guys who have helped us then build all the shit I don't want to build, which is all yeah. the audiences and run the ads, gave you some leeway or some ideas and you took it and you ran with it and you're doing that. And we revise them and we sort of talk about them. And that's what we need. And I'm not spending two, three, four thousand dollars a month doing it. I spend five hundred to seven hundred dollars a month yep. combined in all of our social media in the ads and the retargeting, which I think is huge. That's a big piece of social media is retargeting. I don't necessarily want names and phone numbers. I want conversations and I want a brand that's trusted. And that's how we're really using it and allows us to leverage that through yep. on top of all those other things we do super well. And yep. that's the point. Like, I think I just people want to jump to, uh, straight in. I, I just talked to Michael McKinnon not too long ago. I think you might have, you said you Michael's watched a little awesome. bit of Michael. Dude, mm -hmm. I, I love Michael, man. But he brought up something that he's like, he, he's talking about retargeting and how much he loves retargeting as well. And he's like, but it took, he's like, I've been investing in this for years. It's not like I started it and in two months I saw the benefits of it. He's like, I've been investing in this for three to five years where I'm doing consistent remarketing with different pieces of content and just ref you know, re refreshing it, replenishing it, putting new things out mm -hmm. there. And over time, he's like, I got my core 500 people, 500, 500, not 5 million, my core 500 people that hit me up almost every day with a screenshot, seeing my ad, like bringing me up, like you're staying top of mind with the people that matter the most. And mm -hmm. you do that by investing in remarketing. And it takes time and consistency to then get it to where it's like your brand's engraved in their name. Corey, Corey uh, brought this up today to me. He's like, dude, it was so crazy. I ran to the gym last night and I saw a couple of our buddies in the gym they're rocking dippity stuff. Like they were rocking two buddies. One was rocking a dippity shirt. One's rocking a dippity hat. And he's like, it was so weird to see it on other people. And like, it wasn't like they were around us and they were like wearing it because they came to mm -hmm. our event or anything like that. They're wearing it because we're staying top of mind in our community. And we're doing well, that through remarketing that. and through networking, right? Like it's, it naturally does that. It creates fans. It creates people who support you. And like, you're grateful for that, but you, it, it's purposeful. It's not like it was just, naturally happen i mean we're naturally in our communities and we're naturally hanging out with people and being humans but then we have this on the back end that's out there shouting our brand from the top of the mountain at all times while we're sleeping you want passive income this is passive advertising like it's just happening but yeah. it's not missing the core people who already know like and trust you and will refer you and will use you again and again and again and when and that's the that's the problem I have. That's why it's like controversial to me when we talk about as you say that word. I don't know if it's controversial. It's just it's just stupid. People miss the opportunities all around them. They're tripping over dollars to pick up pennies and dimes that are hard work to get. And I just I feel like like it's the layer that should be added a little layer or at strategic times to supplement your business, to amplify it, not to be the core of it. So yep. like I was talking with Brad the other day on our team and it's like, I feel like, so like think of it like an investment strategy. You have a core like group of stocks or investments that you would be that are really sustainable. They're just, they're not oh, yeah. growth. They're not super volatile. They're your index funds, your mutual funds, whatever, like Vanguard type stuff, maybe Duke energy in our area. You know, like you've got some of those that are, 
they're shooting off a little dividend. They're just solid. They're a hedge against markets either way. Well, what this part that we're talking about, the stuff that you guys do, some of these other leads, this is more like day trading. You need to get in and get out in certain situations. But if you haven't been watching and paying attention and building the ability to have a war chest to go day trade with, so that when you see that right oh, now yeah. Facebook leads are working excellent, jump in, day trade those, get in some good ones, ride them up. And when you see them start to tell off, get the heck out of there. Then dump them into Google ads if that works. We've seen that flip flop through the years, right? Like Google's like the best thing ever from 09 to 15. Then Facebook comes in and you're, you've got some, a lot of leads and stuff. And then it's like, oh crap, Google actually works again. If you're not kind of in and out of these, that's almost like see, that's, that's your day trading me. piece of your platform. Or your that's why to me, I believe in that multi-channel, like what us at Dippity, what we're investing our money in is everything. Like we're, we're doing uh blogging. We got uh podcasting. We got YouTube. We we're, we're running YouTube ads. We're dropping YouTube videos. We're doing Facebook advertising. We're doing uh Google PPC. Like we're doing everything. We're creating a multi-channel approach. And that's what I personally believe in and think it's possible to do. Um, on smaller budgets in your local market. And if you can do mm -hmm. that and make that possible where you're driving traffic from Google, remarketing on Facebook, getting new eyeballs to your brand on Facebook, um, like getting, you know, if you can get into YouTube and video consistently, like that entire wheel helps you keep your brand just out there. Now it's not attainable for everybody based off of their current business model and day to day. Like, do they have a team? Is it just a solo agent? Like, it, it, there's right. definitely certain people that fit into being able to actually execute a multi-channel advertising right. approach. But man, when you do it, it, you're everywhere. You're literally, well, you're everywhere. doing a totally different business too. Like you better ask yourself before you go into this one, do you want to manage that type of business? Me as mm -hmm. a team leader, I don't want to manage a business based off making tons and tons and tons of calls. Like we just, we were sort of chatting back and forth in another post you guys put out about like 14 calls is the magic number. Yeah. Oh my God, shoot me, shoot me yeah. now. I don't want to make 14 calls. I don't want to make four calls. I want to track so, business and do it with the other people. And so yes. like just answering that question for myself, I don't want to put too much time or energy or money into this because I don't need a hundred leads that need to be called 14 times. It's, that's a lot of calls and that is not the way I want to spend my so day. So your objective is to focus on branding, mm -hmm. remarketing, retargeting, remarketing, branding, value building content. that trust. But just, there's just something about seeing you over and over. We don't post, you know, our posts. I don't even have y'all run the post. I end up doing most of them myself. You guys run all my retargeting, my remarketing ads, but we do new listings. Yep. When that listing sells, we post a picture of the listing itself that sold with the agent. We take a picture of the client at closing if they'll allow us to, which a lot do. And we use that as a happy sold client post and we get their testimonial. And if we could get their testimonial, that's gold too. So there's four posts basically that just over and over. It's boring, but I have four canvas set up. I have four actual notes in my Evernote that are written the same way. Every time I plug in the client's name, the different agent, it's rinse there. It's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. But that was a system to be built. I'm not coming up with something new and clever on every post. And I'm not doing all this crazy excess stuff because yep. for us, that drives home the message that one, they take and they sell listings. They have super happy clients who are willing to refer and recommend them. 
what more do I need if I can just rinse that through enough times? People start to understand that, oh, Epic, not just Charles, not just Brad, not just whatever, Chrissy, Courtney, Blue, Steel, Drew, they, they, like all of our agents, they get it. They're, they have their recognition too. General brand in our area is strong because people see that's leveraged. That's just leveraged through the consistent posts that we do. But it's on top of us actually being in the community. Seeing people at the gym, seeing people at church, seeing people at the soccer games we coach. When your kid's in a gymnastics uh, competition, whether you're volunteering at some sort of league or whatever. I mean, like there's so many ways to meet and see people. When you see them, you don't have to talk to them about real estate. They know because they see that you guys are, you know, that we're so active that we have clients that they know that that client working with us, writing a review for us and seeing their home sold was worth more than anything I could have possibly told them. If I had reached out and called them and said, Hey, are you thinking about selling your house or do you, it doesn't matter. They were already had a trust factor built. They knew us from our remarketing and through our name, through the community. They generally liked us, I guess, because if they're talking to us, you know, whatever, I think we're fun people. But, yeah. um, and then they trust us because their friends trusted us. Their family trusted us. They trusted the fact that they see it consistently. It's not just one little run of, oh, for one month back in two years ago, they hammered down on this 4,000 a month marketing plan. And like I knew them then, I know they see it consistently over and over and over so, again. And that's our strategy, but it's very different than some of your other strategies because that's the type of business we're running at this point. Yep. Which makes me think, all right, so let's talk about those. Real quick, fire them off for me. There's four pieces of content that you're creating that you kind of rinse and repeat. This is your boring diet, so that way you can be lean. It's new listing. That's how I eat too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got Six, you have to. Things. Ba yeah. bake, the, bake the chicken, put the beans in the pot, make some rice and call it a day, Man, right? what a what that an awesome comparison. But yes, like if you had to come up with a new – four or five course meal every single day. What kind of challenge is that? What kind of, how what kind of, you know, how many times you have to go to the store to keep stuff fresh? How much stuff do you waste that goes bad in the refrigerator because you used it one time, it doesn't go in the same dish for another two weeks versus like, I eat the same steak, salmon, white rice, maybe some chicken, tons of fruit, but I get it in a big mix bowl because I don't want to cut it. You know, like just, liver like there's a few things that i'm gonna eat seven yogurt peanut butter like that's it that's what i'm gonna eat yep. over and over again yep. and then occasionally i'll mix in sushi at the store when i go and i want to get some or a frozen pizza like just because that's what i wanted at that point but i don't have all of these things to maintain and manage and like op like to keep fresh in my refrigerator to plan out what i want what goes with what no, I just eat the same. I've simplified it. It's almost like wearing the same clothes every day. Yep. It frees your mind up to do. That's business. I've had this it's damn shirt estate. for six years, dude. I've had this damn I shirt. I've worn it for yeah, <laughs> yes, dude. I it's swear. Colors, but they're the same one over and over. Like, yes, I totally get it. And that's the that's a great comparison of figure out the kind of life you want. Figure out the kind of business you're comfortable with. Figure out what will and can work and be sustainable in your market. And then find four, five, six things that you just focus on, that you make the same T-shirt with multiple colors, that you make the same foods that you eat, that you make the same workout you do. It doesn't matter. Like push-ups are boring, but push-ups, squats, and pull-ups will get you fit. 
They're boring as crap. It's way more fun to do all this crazy stuff in the gym and watch all these people on there. But if you would just, the time you spent doing all this other stuff, if you just stuck with push-up squats and pull-ups, like you'd be a fit son of a gun and like it'd be easy. That's business. Figure out your four or five. So our four or five that you asked me, our four particular posts are new listings. That is the bread and butter. We list a ton of properties on our team. That drives every other, every other thing. If we stopped listing properties, a lot of this other stuff wouldn't work for us. But we are focused. We built the listing side first. We got really good at it. We have a rock star listing coordinator who, if she quit, I'd have to do something different. I'm not going to lie. Like, it'd be hard to replace. So don't be wrong. Like, all my eggs are in that basket at this point. But yep. it's big. But we we doubled and tripled down on the listing side because I knew. you. I mean, you've heard it. List to last, right? Like, but list to, list to last and then leverage it. Leverage it. So there's five things. I have a note sitting right here of the five things I wrote down and I'll get through them. But the listings one with each listing. So that was one on the four posts. But out of that one, there's five things. One, sell the listing. This came from Lars Hedenborg. I didn't make this up. This was a sell your sellers a house. Get a referral from the seller during the time you're actually working with them because they like you right then. You're doing a good job. Get a buyer from your listing marketing and get a listing in the same area as the other listing five five pieces of leverage right there off of the first post we do well the post helps us get a buyer off of that marketing which was number four and generally a lot of times helps us get another listing in the same area you know what else would do that a friggin' open house free time you don't have to spend money on food and drinks and all this crazy marketing Print out some flyers or nothing else, like just walk around the neighborhood and invite a few people, post it in the MLS and host the open house. You probably get a buyer, doesn't have an agent show up. Hot market, people are going back to open houses a lot now. You also probably get a nosy seller in the neighborhood who's been thinking about selling and wants to see just how nice the Jones's house is that you just listed for them. And you get to talking to them and you're actually good at what you do. You're likable. You have a good conversation with them. You're not a pushy salesperson. You just actually ask good questions and you're engaged and give them time and make them feel important you probably just got two out of the five i told you probably still going to sell the listing there's three you probably if your seller's not moving completely out of the area or have something else they're already moving into or what an investment home you got four and why can't you ask them for a referral at some point during the thing it's like hey look your listing's on the market i know you're telling people about it because you want them to help sell your house i know you're talking to people about what you're buying or what you're selling there like who else are you actually talking to that I need to talk to? Like I know people. And that's your to, one post. <laughs> that's your one, one post in an four. open house. Yep. One post. So you can do it any way you want, but we like to use the post and then the remarketing and retargeting to get four and five, which are get a buyer from your marketing, right? You could get that from your yard sign calls too. I didn't even talk about yard sign calls. Yard sign calls, buyers ride by and call us. We use follow-up boss. We have an inbox. We have a specific number that goes on our sign. That number is tracked to a actual inbox and follow-up boss that we know when that yard sign, when that call comes in, it rings our phone as a yard sign call. So we know that that's somebody who is looking at the sign because that number is nowhere else. And that number gives that we get so many missed calls, so many voicemails that we can then just go back through and cycle through. Here's the problem. Not enough of our agents actually stay on top of that and work those enough. So why do I need to spend $4,000 a month on Zillow and Homeline and whatever all the I don't even know red I don't even know where you buy leads anymore to be honest with you I don't where do I spend four thousand on that when 
we have six voicemails in inbox that didn't get answered within 30 minutes over the last week. Yep. Those were opportunities. Even if they have agents, the agents probably aren't taking care of them. They probably haven't signed anything with them. So there is still an opportunity for you to showcase just how good you are and how much time you and attention you'll give somebody to work them through your own process of, hey, did your agent like do a consultation with you? Did they sit down and explain the process? Because the worst thing you can do is sit there and explain a due diligence deposit and a process when you're making an offer on a multiple offer situation and you've got an hour to get it in. You should have done that beforehand. Did your agent do that for you? You want to be trying to learn about this while you're in the midst of making an emotional decision? Bad idea. How can you have that conversation up front, right? Okay. Did your agent set you up on a search to make sure that you're getting listings immediately? Not looking for them on Zillow, not looking for them on Realtor, not looking for them on our site. Did they get them emailed and text to you? Because there's a feature that says as soon as it hits, it gets emailed and text to you. Do they list properties? Do they have the ability to match you with the property that their team or their listing, that their seller's totally happy? I don't want to go through 75 showings in the first three days. I don't want to have to deal with getting out of my house all those times. If you've got somebody that will pay my price right now, bring them and I will sell it to them as an office exclusive. Great. Did you even talk to your buyers about that? Do you have a list of those buyers? You keep a hot and warm list of buyers. Do you do that? Follow-up boss does that for us. We just created a deal list. Here's a takeaway for some agents, a deal in follow-up boss. Most people think of a deal as under contract or an active listing or pending. Create a hot and a warm. Every time you talk to somebody, create the deal in your mind. Put down such and such, you know, Austin has a house. He mentioned to me at the gym the other day that they've been looking at the market and doing that. He may not even know he's buying yet. I put him on my warm list. Austin talked to me at the gym the other day and said, no, hey, within two months, we're going to be selling our house because we're going to be building a house, whatever. He goes on my hot list and I put you down as your name in follow up boss. I put your address down. I pinpoint in my brain a number that I think your house might sell for based on just generally looking at it. You and I haven't even done a CMA. We haven't had a thorough conversation. He also has no idea you that you... Yeah, you. I also have no idea that you put me in your system as hot either. You know what I mean? Like I have no idea that you did that. You did that for yourself to remind yourself. And you're not getting dripped on. Right. That's right. I create that list. I look at that list every day, multiple times a day. So then when I'm sitting in a, I mean, it's a tangent a little bit, but this is again, taking your listings and leveraging them. When we're sitting in our team meeting once a week and we're saying, hey, what are the new listings that are coming this week? Who have we talked to? What have we just done a CMA on? We do CMAs totally different. Like I can get into that later with whatever, but like we don't even do the CMA like most people do the CMA. We use it totally different. And so like when you're doing a CMA with somebody, who have you done one for that like agreed with you? Okay, tell me about the listing. Okay, oh, I've got somebody. I'm looking at my hot list on my phone app. I have prices points of buyers that Austin told me he's going to sell his house. So he went to the seller one. But he also told me he's going to be moving up because now he's making great money. He's got a successful business and he wants to be in a different area. Maybe they're settling down, got married, have a kid coming, whatever. They're going to be moving up to a $300,000 house from their 150. They're on my seller list as a 150. They're on my buyer list as a 300. So when they're talking about listings in our office meeting for 300, what am I looking at? My list that's there of hot buyers who, if I found the right place for it, they'd sell their house. I'm like, there's no amount of marketing you can do out there that's going to help that. That is just you having your house in order and your foundation and your business. That's a ninja tactic like that I talked about earlier. That's just having it front and center every day, your reticular activating system. When I see your name every day for three weeks or a month or four months, 
I can't help when I talk to somebody or go to a listing, I'm like, this house will be perfect for Austin. And guess what? I'm going to talk to the seller about it. And they're like, totally cool with that. I don't even want to go to the market. If you can sell this without giving me all those headaches, do it. Great. Okay. Take them, show them the house. You've got a house to sell. Do you not think I can take your house and look at the same list of 150,000? I might have three, four, five sides as domino deals out of every one while somebody else is chasing freaking Zillow calls. But nobody wants to do that. You see what I'm saying? Or you got yeah. or you got all these Facebook leads that are just like looking at pretty high. That's a time and a place. It's a layer. It's a day trade. It's not your core. And that's where I feel like this business, like agents are the biggest suckers in the world. I know that because I have been one for the last 10 years. I have experienced and, and experimented with so many things and platforms and opportunities. And they all keep circling back to the fact that Get these things in order first. Do these super well to the point where you're so bored that now you have the time and the war chest to day trade these other options that can add more people back into the same things you're already doing. Like you can't yes. forget the core of your guys like flywheel example. Those people are it's like a washing machine. Once you get them in there, don't let them out. Keep rinsing yep. and repeating and recycling and they'll pop one out and the door and then. Another one will come out and then you grab that person that you've never met before and you dump them back in. You're remarketing them. You're having them at client events. Like hey man, how many people close a sale and then never talk to the client again? Like, why aren't you doing one or two events a year that cost you a thousand bucks or something? It's $2,000. You're going to spend four on Zillow <laughs> and not guaranteed anything. Chicken beans and rice, grand. dude. Chicken beans have and rice. Have an event and print some t-shirts. And just give them to people as a thank you. Buy them some beer and pizza or something. Who cares? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. The fact that you even, the, the key there is, and it's not about the event. It's the fact that you remembered them and you reached out to them because you thought enough about them to actually invite them to the event. They don't even have to come to the event for the thing. Like, you just gave yourself a reason. It's not really real estate related. It's more of a, I don't ever want to lose touch with you. You were important to me. It's like, I don't. Like that, that value of that client that's already there that's going to repeat and refer you business is so much more valuable as the lifetime like value of a client. How many times can you sell them and buy them a house? Maybe only once. Maybe you made a $6,000 commission off them once. They sold or they bought their final home. And they told you they're retiring there and they're going to die there. Does that mean you forget them? No. Because how many other friends do they have that are in the same circles that are just referrals and repeat and family and colleagues? Because you stayed in touch with them. So what's and kids the point? Like, one day, that's where, and there are kids one day. You don't even know. Eventually it just correct. And that's the point is like, that's why I say it's controversial because people don't really want to focus on that stuff. It's not sexy. It's nope. not at all. Now you can make it sexy. Like I think we have some pretty cool client events. We give away some pretty cool swag. We have fun stuff. We do cool marketing. We take time and pr put pride into it. Like, so it is kind of our version of sexy, if you will. But it's still the same, like boring, blocking, tackling, special teams. Chicken Don't turn them all over. Yeah, yeah that's the name of this episode, dude. <laughs> yep. That's the name of this. Chicken, beans, and rice. All right, hold on. All right, so we got one out. I'm not going to go as uh, in detail, but the first post was the listing <laughs> post when you take it, right? We went down that five. Yep. Okay, so this is my squirrel brain coming back to like this is what you asked me. The second one is when the listing sells. We actually post just a picture of the house, the agent's pictures on there, a little like whatever, just highlighted like congratulations to Brad Cummings on the sale of 123 Main Street. So we took the listing of 123 Main Street. When it finally sold, we posted the listing of congratulations, Brad, another successful sale. 
It's not Brad posting. I just sold another house. That's my team posting it on Brad's behalf. It's humble brag from the team as you will, but just celebrating their success. That goes noticed too, because that's where people see it. They see those posts. They see their neighbor's house sold. They see what it sold for, whatever. The third one is if that client let us take their picture at closing in front of the house, at the attorney's office, whatever, little sign. You don't even have to have the sign, just whatever. If they let you take that and they're happy enough to do that, take post it. Take that picture. Hey, congratulations to the Cummings. They just closed on their you know, brand new home here. We're so glad to have them as part of our experience. Like, I don't need to write their life story. Now, if I did and I had a great story and I documented some of their stuff and I told a story, even more bonus points. But the fact is, if you feel overwhelmed about your writing skills and you don't know what to post or whether they let you, most people just don't do it. Stop. Like, take the picture, still post it and celebrate their success. Their mm-hmm. friends and family do that. They tag it. They love it. They share it. It's a memory on their timeline for the rest of their life of having a Facebook and Instagram timeline. They'll pop back up every two, three, five years as the timeline hit. Like uh, those are so many things in value to that. That's the third one. And the fourth one is, can you get them to write you a testimonial, a review? Have them go review on Facebook, review you on Google, review on Zillow, wherever you get your reviews, rate my agent, like whatever you use, real satisfied. There's a ton of them out there, but we hammer down on Facebook and Google. That's it. Because those are the two places where the majority of people's attentions are. Mm-hmm. Zillow, get to a certain point and leave it. If you're doing Zillow ads, it does help. But once you get there, Facebook and Google, recycle those yep. over and over. Simple email at the end of the time. Put it in follow-up boss as a template. This is part of your process and systems. Have it as an action plan. Have it go out and say, hey, so, you know, Austin, congrats on your sale. Everything's official. Just want to check in and make sure that everything was squared away. You don't need our help or anything else. And also, by the way, if you feel we burned it, would you take a couple of minutes and just write a quick review for us on here's our Facebook link and here's our Google link. If you do both, that's phenomenal. We would love you for that. Like this helps more than you know. Thanks, Charles. That's an automated email. Now you want to go in and customize it yourself. Great. But you're going to forget to send it. Those are the things. That's where automation tool systems processes come in. But if you forget that, you missed the fourth one. What's the chances you're getting them? Most people are like, I don't know if they'll want to take the time to ask them. They probably love you for it. It's the least they can do at this point for you. And they're almost always happy to. So there's Mm -hmm. four. Listing, listing sold, new listing, listing sold, client picture, and the testimonial. Love that. You could do all of those those three in one. Hey, this listing sold, here was their picture, and here's their testimonial in one post. And you could put a $50 spin behind it. Yeah. Great. I just like multiple touch points scattered out where I can schedule them all out on Monday or Tuesday for the whole Now, week. do you boost all of these? None, hardly any. At this point, they're natural shares because we've been doing it so long. We have 35, I don't even know if I looked at 3,500, 3,400 something people who've liked our page who still see stuff. But when other people comment, like, and post, it'll tell you Austin posted and liked this picture. This person shared this picture. Hey, this such and such was just tagged. It's an attention hound in social media. That's why I hate it. It's like always getting, they'll find ways to get it. Sometimes I post them for 10 bucks for two days, $5 a day and just run it. That's great. Yep. So when the listing sold and it's congrats, I also use the little, if you want to see how we do this, click here. And there's a link to our seller page on our Agent Fire website that we yep. have you guys retargeting to. When they go there, a guide pops up. The guide that I spent hours and hours writing and refining and trying to get that's sort of simple with some seller knowledge. 
Well, if you're thinking about selling and you saw your neighbor's house just closed and you clicked that link and you went to that page that was designed and written based on taking some story brand courses and just trying to like actually provide value, if you put all the foundational work in and then you pop a guide up that they download and they come into your CRM, is anybody going to follow up with them? Mm-hmm. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, if you've got a time and you're wearing 72 hats and you're trying to do all these things, you got all these leads and all these calls, you get so overwhelmed, you just don't do anything. It's like paralysis by all these different options. Oh, yeah. And that's where I think, like, if people would keep it simple, and then when you figure out what works for you, what can you leverage? Are you a, like, you don't list properties because you hate it, but you're a phenomenal buyer's agent. All right. Well, what could you do different? Could you maybe, when they close, could you have them invite five to 10 people? to a housewarming party once they've moved in to show off the house, their five, 10 closest people that you cater that you come and actually host for them and you put on and they can show people the house and talk to them about it. And now you're like in their circle. Is that your thing? Then post about that. I don't care what it is. Leverage your thing. Right. And if that's the case, then you'll find the ways to then have guys like you help add more of the right people into that cycle and that system that you can rinse and repeat. There's your Facebook ads, your lead people. There's your Google pay-per-click. There's your remarketing and retargeting. There's your YouTubes, your ad rolls, your whatever you want to do. You're a YouTube star. Make a fantastic listing out of every. You've got video skills out the wazoo. Do it. Like if you've got somebody on your staff that's super good at that and they love doing it, you want to pay them $30,000, $40,000 a year to make videos all the time and you can cut them up and do it, great. But don't be sitting there editing freaking videos, cutting them up into short clips yourself and absolutely abandoning everybody that's already worked with you and already trusted you and already liked you. That's why I say it's controversial because that's kind of what I see happening over and over. And then they wonder why their business goes up and down and up and down. and up. It's not uh, like this is a totally different life than this. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. People people, (laughs) people don't like this. Or I'm going the wrong way too. Dude, you got to go backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Dude, you thank point, you so right? much, like, man. Th- thank you so much for jumping on, man. I feel like you have absolutely dropped just unbelievable knowledge right here. So I just want to thank you so much for your time. And um, I-, I hope we can do another one of these. I felt like it, it, it was fiery. It was fiery and I loved it. I'm happy to. And like, I don't want to take it as like, oh, I hate the industry. No, I just hate seeing people do things that just don't take them where they want to go. And it doesn't get them there right. So if anything, I just hope it cha- like I just hope I've opened up at least a, a challenge to think outside of this little box that you've been marketed to. If you don't know what you want and what you're good at and what you're going to do with it, and you don't have a plan, you will buy someone else's plan that they marketed to you, and mm-hmm. it might work if you stick with it long enough, right? Like, but it's yep. just one of those things. Like, just. Think for yourself a little bit, figure out how you can like really know you truly do that and then start adding in the right pieces with pros like you guys, because I do think you are. I think you do a phenomenal job. I love that you guys work with any platform we're on because that's given me the flexibility to go. I don't need a two thousand dollar a month Boomtown or Commissions Inc. or whatever else it might be. I got a two hundred dollar a month agent fire site and I love Mm -hmm. it like I, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose my follow-up boss. I don't want to go like, you know what I mean? Like, I love that. I love that you guys fit that piece for us. And I recommend you to everybody that I think it's a good man. Fit for. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it, man. And we let, that was our goal being flexible, 
in adapting to your business as it evolves. That's, you know, we want to be there. We want to help. We want to continue to help. So um, we are doing that. And you're reaching out like Jared reaches out to me and it's like, Hey man, here's how things are performing. And we've revised some stuff and we've looked at it again. And I'm like, Hey, I don't think this is working. Like I wanted it to, I got a new idea. Let's test this. Let's try this. Yep. And like, just staying in touch. So it's like, you guys are not the equivalent of the agent who puts the sign in the yard or takes the listing, puts the sign in the yard, puts it in MLS and prays it sells. You never hear from them again. If it doesn't yep. like, I think a lot, like not that all of them do by any means, but a lot of the systems I've been on have been like, it's like this magic hype and they don't really follow through and try to revise and redo. And I really love that you guys do that with us because that's the kind of thinking I want to do to stay on top of my day trading analogy of yes, like day trading doesn't have to be a totally different platform. It's what's working right now. What is the mm -hmm. stock in stocks? What stock looks like it's good? What's had good news? What I'm doing. And that's a dangerous game sometimes to play. Cause if you just picked one and stuck with it for the next 20 years, it'd probably work out great. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like if you're willing to do that thing and add it in, do that. And I love that you guys help us do that. Like you help us stay in the right places and know that I'm not wasting my money by not knowing what I'm doing because now I can finally afford to actually invest in you guys to help me do it versus me DIYing it myself. Yep. I love that, man. I love it. Dude, Charles, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited just Thanks for the for future and just all your knowledge, man. So uh, I look forward to doing one of these again with you, man. Awesome. All right, buddy. Have a good week.